0: Hello and welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller on the at Lizland on the Twitters.
1: I'm Ben Travers, Ben T Travers on the Twitters.
0: And hooray, we're back in the same office on the same day. It's been a little while.
1: A little bit, a little, a little bit. bit. We've been traveling.
0: We've been tra- we've been traveling. We've seen we've seen a lot, Ben.
1: Traversing the globe.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you had a fun time at South by. I was doing unexplained things in Canada. Um,
1: Did we not? I think we explained them, didn't we? I'm actually. I, like I don't know how much it. I'm
0: allowed to explain.
1: Well, I feel like it's. I feel
0: like it's been mentioned before. Yeah, maybe. Two maybe. different contexts. Point is, we've got we're, we're back in the office just in time for Emmy season.
1: Yeah, you heard that right. It's yep. Emmy season, folks.
0: And you might be saying to yourself, "Wait a minute." Aren't the Emmys in September? And you, you a, you're correct, and b, it's still Emmy season.
1: Yeah, probably to 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 even to even go further than that, you're right. probably saying, wait, when are the Emmys? And then it's like, I think uh, they're shouldn't they be at the end of the year? And you're like, no, that's not right. They're always at a weird time. <laughs> when are they again? Oh, they're in September. Oh, yeah, that's that. I guess that's true.
0: Yes, that is actually the train of thought.
1: Right. um The Emmys but, are floating out there, and you should just always be thinking about them. They always, just be always think- be around.
0: Yes. At no at no point in your at, at no point in your life should you not be thinking about the Emmys. Correct. This is the, this is what we have learned. Um, so in order to celebrate that, we've got only six months left until the Emmys. Um, we've decided to come up with some of our craziest predictions we can, like some of the weirdest things we think might genuinely happen on Emmy's night in September.
1: Right. And before we get to those, uh, what's important for you guys to know, from especially from a viewer's standpoint. Um, is another idea we, we've kind of talked about it on the podcast. We've definitely had some some tweets out there and mentioned it in a few stories, and I know other people have been talking about it as well. Um, but I'm sure you've noticed as TV fans that there is a lot of television coming out in April and May. Really, April's yeah. fully loaded. May has a lot of distinctive premieres. I mean, Master of None just announced that it was coming back for season two uh, at the end of May. House of Cards is coming out in May. Like, there's a lot of big title releases happening. In the months of April and May, and this is not a coincidence.
0: No, this is a big pile up. Basically, Uh, yeah, Netflix especially is piling stuff up in May, um, and it's because if you did not know, the Emmy's eligibility season ends as of May thirty first. This means that in order to be eligible for an Emmy, you have to have released like fifty one percent of your complete of of the season in question. That's under up for consideration. Yeah, yeah, which meant like we were actually doing the math on Roots last year because. Uh, Roots split its Root, Root spread its premiere over four nights, two nights of which were the 30th and the 31st. So they had to make sure like, their one of those episodes was one minute longer. So that technically qualified as 51%.
1: Yeah, so it's something that a lot of the streaming services don't really have to worry about, which is why you'll notice... That Master of None, House of Cards, and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, notably, the last one because Kimmy usually comes out in January. The first two seasons have come out pretty early in no. the year, haven't they? No. Nope. Well, at least the first one. April.
0: Did. Both of them were April. I'm
1: looking it up. You're full of shit.
0: <laughs> You're, I'm the one who binge them, so yeah, I'm telling you, April.
1: Nah. Who who has the faulty memory here, Liz?
0: Um, you you have the Kevin brain.
1: Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs>
0: Well, Ben looks that up. Um, yeah, <clears throat> was I correct about that?
1: Well, technically, it was March and then April. Okay, fair, but I felt it was earlier. Yeah um, But more importantly, it's it's the the streaming networks can get away with this because they release everything at once. So not only are those three big Netflix shows all timed at the end of May, but a big new Emmy contender from Amazon, I Love Dick, which is a Jill Soloway show, uh, is also coming out at the end of May. They don't have to worry about getting everything out under the deadline if you're releasing them all at once. It's the stuff that's airing weekly that's a little bit more of a challenge. For instance, Twin Peaks, as far as we know, will not be Emmys eligible because it's starting at the end of May, so it yeah. will only have maybe three episodes out out of eighteen, and they'd have to get nine out somehow, some way to be Emmys eligible.
0: Well, that, that assumes though that they're going to have an eighteen-episode season, where they may split. They, if they split it up into if they split it up into two seasons so the first episode's only the first season's only like like six episodes and then they did double it up on sunday nights i don't know i'm just saying we don't know anything about twin peaks twin peaks could find a way to fool us
1: well we've been i to- guess <laughs> i guess if showtime deems that necessary they could stretch it out over two years but that would be extremely tricky also i mean considering lynch and frost wrote it as an 18 18 hour movie yeah. Like, the script was 18. It's just straight, continuous, no breaks. Like, that's that would be an interesting way to split it up. Nevertheless, um, basically what this boils down to is, for TV, the month of April and May kind of, I mean, yeah, are, are turning into, like, the Oscar season. Right. That is November and December. So, like, you'll notice a lot of movies come out in November and December that are big Oscar players. They're coming out last second, getting in under the wire before – uh, they're ineligible for the Academy Awards. That's the same thing that's happening now with the Emmys, where we're trying. trying networks are trying to get these out on a t- at a time when people are most likely to remember them. They have the best chance of standing out. It's a strategy that's been working very, very well for a number of years now, for a number of different shows, uh, including you know, Standing Champions, Veep, and Game of Thrones, which. Obviously, the latter will not be eligible this year, but they don't care anymore because they're doing fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's 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 definitely a trend that's been that's been picked up by a lot of different people, and we're seeing that uh, on on a on a big scale as TV viewers. So when you think about how much TV you have to watch in April and May, just remember it's it's kind of the Emmys' fault.
0: Yes, blame the Emmys. They are our enemy, and one day we will destroy them.
1: Or you can thank the Emmys for all of the great TV that you're getting presented to you in just a couple of months and that will extend through the summer. I mean, you know, college kids, I mean, children in general who are still in school, teachers, they got to love this time of year cuz they're getting a lot of content to just absorb over the course of their break. Hmm. You get to stay inside all summer. I'm going to be over what we here. All want, right? I'm going to
0: be over here, you know, riling up the the restless the restless uh hooligans. I'm I'm blanking on what what I'm going for here. Um, point is we have predictions and uh, Ben, why don't you kick it off? What's your what's the cra- what's your first crazy Emmy prediction?
1: Now to qualify this again, as we discussed before the podcast, yes. these may sound crazy. Right. But these are predictions I believe in. Right. This is something that I'm putting out there. I'm not just gonna throw something up against the wall and be like, ha ha ha, that's never gonna happen. I'm talking about the things that I think are going to happen, but other people may think are risky or they're not safe bets at the time. But right. I believe in them.
0: Right. All so with right.
1: that in mind. First prediction. Go. Come July, mm-hmm. Carrie Coon will be a two-time Emmy nominee. Interesting. She's going to get nominated for Fargo in the limited series category, Best mm-hmm. Actress or Supporting Actress. We're not sure yet. Probably, well, she's got Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I don't know. She thinks think she'll be lead?
0: I think they'd put her lead.
1: Yeah, I think she'd be lead, too, which would be fitting because I think she'll also be lead for The Leftovers, which will be her second nomination.
0: The only really crazy part about that is something I don't even want to say is crazy because I do I do love your 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 delighted belief that the that the, this is the leftovers year that the leftovers came to play.
1: HBO told us Casey Boyce promised this. Yeah? It has Game of Thrones time slot. It's getting released in the heart of April. It's got the final season behind it. It's got all of these big names that have become bigger because of the show that people widely respect. It's coming off One of the best-reviewed seasons of all time in television history. It's got a lot going for it. No, I... The Leftovers is this year's Americans. And Carrie Coon is going to benefit because she'll be on, you know, the circuit, talking to everybody, not only to get these premieres going and over the course of eight weeks for The Leftovers, ten weeks for Fargo, but then she'll be able to talk about and be around and be present in the minds of everybody for both shows. Hopefully that'll benefit both shows. And then we've got ourselves a double nominee.
0: I mean, I want it for her. She deserves every every Emmy. Yeah, she does.
1: Give Carrie her, Coon.
0: Give her the Emmy for best title design. I'm sure she 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 she'd kill it.
1: Absolutely. All right, Liz, <laughs> take it away. What's your first one?
0: Um, this one. I think this. I feel good about this one. Um, I think Westworld sweeps all technical categories for TV drama
1: all te- that's a lot of categories
0: I think for visual effects I think for production design I think for costume design I think it just sweeps it just it just, it pulls it pulls the Titanic um, I don't think I don't I think it does all of that I don't know if it makes the cut for best drama but I do think about if HBO smart well wait
1: so which is your prediction are you saying that it's going to sweep the technical categories, and then you're just ending it there. You saying it's going to sweep technical, but it will not be nominated for best drama.
0: I'm going to stick with just that technical one, but I would also be. I'm not. I'm not told. I don't feel like it's a crazy thing to suggest that Westworld won't get nominated for best drama.
1: No, it's not crazy. It's a very competitive category.
0: Yeah, that's basically yeah. So, but I think the crazy thing to say is I. I feel like across the board, the level of attention paid to that show and and the, the detail to it, the detail put into all of these different categories. I think gives it a real shot, and I'm sure that HBO, especially because I love The Leftovers, but The Leftovers is not gunning for a hard for for a production for a costume design category necessarily, or project, doesn't
1: mean it doesn't earn it.
0: It of course not, but uh, <laughs> point is point is I think HBO with looking at HBO's slate going into Emmy season, Westworld is the clear heir to the throne that game of thrones is occupied when it comes to the technical categories so i think that's where there's going to be a lot of events a lot of guild courting on that one but i think it'll pay off with if not wins at least major nominations
1: well yeah i i I definitely agree with the nomination side of things i think what's interesting about that that prediction is that um it will represent a very important war to two people who are very interested in emmys in that uh, the Crown is a very big show for Netflix, which will be conv- can, which will be fighting very hard for at least production design and
0: costumes and a lot of the smaller yeah. technical categories. Um, I doubt they will be competing in visual effects. No. though the Crown's did the Crown have any exploding horses in it?
1: Well, that's the biggest flaw for Westworld. So, I know, um, but no, I mean I, I think what's interesting about this is is the sweet prediction, and then what else makes it interesting is that if Westworld doesn't get the nominations up top, like if it doesn't get kind of the bigger nominations like drama series or in some of the acting categories, uh, The Crown seems like a very strong contender. So if it does, if one of them gets more nominations up top than the other, that could influence votes down the line because it's such a long season and people will you know, kind of side towards whatever the favorites are. But yeah, um, but yeah, that's a, I like that call. That'd be very interesting to see. Definitely possible.
0: Excellent. So what's your next one?
1: I'm going with BoJack Horseman finally getting in. To the outstanding oh, animated program, I
0: want it so bad. Yeah,
1: this is one that I would not even say is crazy. Animated program is a tricky category. Um, it's one that's that's usually surprisingly delightful. Like you've just gotten like a couple of things that have popped up. It's over like all parts. your friends are having a fight. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. Um, except, you know, you don't feel bad when too bad when somebody loses because it's like, oh my gosh, Archer won last year, yeah. or you know, oh
0: God, what Bob's was that? Burgers won. Bob's Burgers a won a couple years ago. I mean,
1: South Park's won a bunch, but like Over the Garden Wall took it in 2015, which is this cartoon network show that nobody really saw coming, yeah. but it, you know, it snuck in there. And Cute stole enough. It. Um, so, I mean, these are the things that can happen in this category, and BoJack just seems to. It just keeps getting better and better. I'd love to see it compete for just comedy, you know, and right. submit itself there, but. That's a lot harder to break into, especially as an animated program. So I think it'll get. I think it'll get it this year.
0: And I think what's important about BoJack this year is that you know we we've seen the season that's in that's in contention, but theoretically they'll be pulling a move that a lot of other shows get to pull, uh, which is the we are competing for the uh, for for our Emmys while our new season is currently airing. Yeah. Um,
1: casuals trying that this year.
0: Casuals trying is casual not going to make it.
1: No, because it's a weekly release. It that's comes right, out but, it, but, it, but it
0: was out last fall. Right. Um, well,
1: last summer, but yeah.
0: Yeah. and But other shows that are going to be in that kind of window of opportunity include Mr. Robot, mm-hmm. Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black has done that consistently.
1: Is uh, Do we have an Unreal release date for season three? Because season two is eligible.
0: Yeah, I don't think we and have that no season three, but year. I'm sure... I mean, they've had on the one hand, they've. I know that their you know production seems like a little fraught this year.
1: Yeah, they're on, they're shooting now, but I didn't know exactly what their time schedule is. Yeah, so. I would I wouldn't be surprised um, if
0: they try for June again.
1: Yeah, but it's I mean it's a it's another strategy that works fairly well, um, because a lot of Emmy voters don't necessarily think specifically about the seasons so much as they think about the show. Right. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping BoJack will capitalize off that. That's good. Liz next.
0: Um, this one I feel good about, but it's also, I think, a little controversial, and I'm interested to hear what you think. I don't think Feud makes it into Best Limited series.
1: That would be surprising.
0: It would be surprising, and I know that it's it's definitely at the top of a lot of people's lists, and I really like the show, so I would be disappointed if it didn't make it. But I feel like there's something about the lack of buzz around this one, combined with certain aspects that like, you know, I don't know, there's something about this one where I feel like I almost wonder if people are getting sick of Ryan Murphy to some degree. And, you know, P- there are people who are still really mad at Susan Sarandon, too. So I I don't know. There, the, I don't I, I know we're supposed to be articulating why we think these things are the case, but this is more just like a gut feeling. Like, I kind of feel like this one isn't in the conversation On the level it needs to be in order to be a real contender, and I think that might there might be the perception that it's seen as too campy, um, as opposed to something like uh, American Crime Story last year, which was very far from campy to to the for the most part. Um, And I don't know, like it's just like it's mostly a gut feeling, but I feel pretty good about it.
1: I think this one, all I think this one's best asset is that it'll be able to hit the campaign trail very very hard. FX obviously does a great job with their Emmys marketing strategies. Uh, they do not have American Crime Story this year. They do have American Horror Story, but that's a little bit less of a contender. And, and Feud, working to its advantage, is about the industry itself. That always plays well with voters. That's a really good point. Um, and I mean, Susan Strand an interesting question because of how much exposure she'll have on the campaign trail. So she'll either really take advantage of that, win people back, or she'll step in it again and lose a little bit. But... You've got Jessica Lange, who's a favorite. Um, And then, honestly, it it comes down to kind of those questions of competition. Are you going to check the box for Feud, or are you going to check the box for The Young Pope? Are you going to check the box for Feud, or are you going to check the box uh, for, like, The Night Of? Which Mm -hmm. we obviously feel pretty good about. But, I mean, there's big contenders like Big Little Lies, Fargo, um, even American Crime, which keeps getting in there again and again. But I feel like Feud is at least competing with kind of the 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 new entries and some of the ones that are on the fray, so it'll be interesting to see if their campaign can kind of make up for some of the ground um, that they they may be lacking in just that general buzz factor. Like the night of, obviously has the most buzz probably of any of these. Big Little Lies, huge amount of buzz. Fargo, we haven't seen yet, but we are know how anticipated its and it's got a great history with the Emmys. So um, it'll it'll be it'll be fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the other thing I think is that. You know, I I know FX has a tradition of championing multiple you know competitors in this category, um, but Far- I think Fargo is their better get- is their better bet.
1: Yeah, and they don't have to worry about it yet. Like if it once they get nominated, that's when they can start worrying about like
0: competing against bumping each
1: other, each other out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely you know. I think Fargo is definitely what they'll push. Though that'll be, I think that might be an easier sell. They may not have to worry about it as much. And then they can put a little more money behind Feud if they want to make sure that that franchise, which they're trying to build very actively, gets the awards attention
0: it deserves. Yeah. I mean, that one will definitely, That uh, speaking of shows that will do well technically, I think that one will definitely have its strong points. Yes, for sure. Um, But, yeah. Okay, next for you. Um,
1: Basically, this is something I want to happen and something that, has a much better chance of happening now that they've made a category switch, which is I think NPH will get nominated for actor in a comedy. Um, a series of unfortunate event- uh, <laughs> events events uh, l- recently got awarded the right to compete as a comedy instead of a drama because it's an hour long. They have hour long episodes. It would automatically go into the drama side, but they appealed to the TV Academy. The TV Academy ruled that they could compete as a comedy. So now that show will compete as a comedy. I think that um, if people are exposed to Neil Patrick Harris enough and see exactly what he's done with this role, which is just—it's a very impressive feat for an actor. Like it, it, plays right into all of the traps that you could kind of fall into as an actor and just play into the wrong way. And he goes perfectly with it. He—it's—it's it's a pretty impressive performance that I really, really love. And I think if they get a campaign behind it, uh, it could sell. Obviously, the idea that it's a kid show could hurt it a little bit, but the marketing has been aiming against that all along so i think it might be uh, a little bit of a spoiler here
0: i mean i, I like it a lot um i like i like it a lot as a prediction uh neo patrick harris is a known quantity um and he's delightful and you know i think you've, you you wrote a nice piece kind of summarizing why he has a real shot here so uh yeah i'm i'm, I'm for it
1: let's see it happen liz what's okay. your next one
0: um i I don't love this one like i don't feel good about ne- suggesting it necessarily but i think it's got a shot i think master of none shuts out unbreakable kimmy schmidt
1: yeah i can see it
0: like i think kimmy schmidt is a great show it's one i love and i'm hoping that the next season really continues to evolve but i feel like the next season could also kind of go off the rails it's a show that i feel like needs to has hasn't had the fo- it didn't have the focus last season that it really needed to in order to be a show that goes on for many seasons this could be where it falls apart meanwhile i think master of now is going to come back huge in a really strong way and because it, it you can't you can't underest you can't undersell how strong and powerful a voice aziz and zari and alan yang have as creators like they've they really knocked it out of the park with season one. And of course, we're going to heap tons of expectations on season two, but I feel like it'll be up for it. I think they're taking some big chances.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I don't think that necessarily Master of None will limit like, the success like, of the no, show no, It's not like an A,
0: B option, necessarily.
1: Right. And what was interesting was I think we all expected at least some of the riskier bettors who don't just predict the same nominations year after year after year. We had the same kind of thought going into season two because, as you noted, there were enough criticisms of season two to rock the boat a little bit. And while it dipped, there was uh, the show got seven nominations for season one, primetime, and four nominations in season two. It still got lead actress, which they hadn't gotten the year before. Mm-hmm. L.A. Kemper got in. Um, it still got Titus Burgess, and it still got outstanding comedy series. So it's still a force to be reckoned with with Tina Fey behind it. I'd be, uh, I'm going to be very curious kind of how season three looks. I think we'll have a better idea of how it'll perform once we actually get eyeballs on it. Um, but yeah, if you're looking at trends and then looking at competition, that's a very good point to make in terms of Unbreakable versus Master of None because one seems to be on the rise, one seems to be going down. And I mean, there's there's got to be room for Atlanta here too. So yeah. something's getting bumped.
0: So how about you? What's your next one?
1: Uh, my next one is one that I can't talk too much about. Okay. Um, but I do feel confident in saying that Ian McShane will get nominated for American Gods.
0: I am I will let you leave it at that. But that's a really interesting one. That's a really interesting prediction. I can also not say too much about it, but I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, I, I, feel, like, I feel like that show is going to be an interesting contender. It's something that stars can really get behind. Um, it's got a big cast, which can work for and against a show because, you know, you might check different boxes, uh, but some people may stand out more than others. McShane is a known quantity. Like, he's he's an yeah. actor who can really, you know, stand out from the pack no matter who's surrounding him. Um, he's got a Golden Globes win. He was nominated for Deadwood back in 2005. Um,
0: and we're talking about him in Best Supporting.
1: Yeah, Supporting Actor in a Drama yeah. Series. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think McShane's got a pretty good shot out of that giant cast. Where uh, it'll be interesting to see in terms of that too, like who they sub in as like guest actors and mm-hmm. try to steal some nods that way. But um, but yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm betting on McShane early.
0: Good, good.
1: Next, Liz. Go. This
0: one's real simple. I think Sherlock finally gets knocked out this year. I think Sherlock, Sherlock does not get a nomination for what was a very controversial, very weird season of television. It's
1: been controversial for a while though, like at least the last two.
0: I mean, but this one got even weirder. I, I actually haven't finished watching Sherlock season four, but everything I've read I, I was in charge of editing our reviews I saw the first one and it's just like it just went off the rails and not and even our reviewer who loves the show who loved the show when it was at its most crazy was just very frustrated with it.
1: So you're betting that the defending champion of Outstanding Television Movie is going to get snubbed. Yes. That's quite a bold prediction, Liz, especially in the TV movie category, which is not the strongest.
0: Well, it's not TV movie, though.
1: Oh, yeah, it is. That's how they submit.
0: Hmm. Oh, they'll just submit one, I guess.
1: Well, yeah, it's it's kind of how they form it up.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, because last year, with The Abominable Bride, they did submit it as a movie because it was a movie if there wasn't a complete season of television. But I think this—I think the limited series category came in after um, they were submitting as a TV movie, so there's a chance that they might have to compete as limited series. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Point is, I don't think Sherlock makes the cut this year. Interesting think, bit. Yeah. We'll see how it works out. What about you? If this is, I think, your last one, because we said we were doing five each, right?
1: This is it. All right. You know it. OK. Do we have like a theme song that we can just play? Maybe a little bit of Max Richter. I mean, do, 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 do,
0: do. I don't
1: think that's. I don't know. That, I don't
0: know. I don't know who Max Richter is.
1: Oh my god! All right. Well, the leftovers I'm, is gonna get nominated for drama <laughs> series, guys. This is this is happening. <laughs> this is as discussed when we were discussing Carrie Coon. But the leftovers is absolutely going to get nominated this year. Um, running and gunning with this one, living and dying on The Leftovers, it's the year. It is HBO That's getting so behind their best show, and we're going to make this happen.
0: I'm so worried about this.
1: Leftovers, best drama series. Justin Thoreau, lead actor. Carrie Coon, lead actress, supporting everybody. It's going so, to be a big year.
0: I just worry for your heart, Ben. Oh yeah. For your for your delicate, fragile heart.
1: Well, so here's where I was last year at this time. Last year at this time, I was very down in the dumps. There were a lot of things that I didn't expect to happen, but I believed in my heart of hearts should happen. And I was sitting there on nominations morning. I was watching them come in in the office with everybody. And, you know, the leftovers, it didn't perform. That was really sad. But then, you know, a miracle happened, Liz. And the Americans got all of these nominations. And they just kind of came out of the blue. And it was their fourth season, and nobody, like, there are a few people who are betting on it, but more in, like, a hopeful sense, more in, like, a let's not forget about the show kind of way that the critics have always been behind the Americans, and the critics are behind the leftovers now, so instead of me betting on the bad things happening in life, I'm gonna bet on the good things, I'm gonna see all of the reasons why it could happen, uh, because of the timing, uh, because of the critics, because of the expanded audience, because of the, the long wait between, you know, season two and three, uh, I mean, all these factors are playing into it because more and more people are being exposed to leftovers every day. Um, it, it, I think it's going to happen. I feel good about it.
0: I I want this for you, Ben.
1: You want it for us all, Liz.
0: Yeah, but mostly for you.
1: Well, I mean, Damon.
0: I have to share an office with you. That's basically the reason. And Damon. And, Damon. and Damon. And Damon will deserve it just because of the way he gives you shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Well. Since we know that one's not even crazy, Liz, <laughs> what's your last crazy prediction?
0: Um, I, this is kind of like a small potatoes one, um, but I feel like I, I feel I feel pretty good about it, and I don't know. And you're probably gonna say I'm wrong, but I think Nicole Kidman gets nominated for Big Little Lies, but Reese Witherspoon does not.
1: Oh, you're crazy. Yeah. Oh, you're a mad woman. Yep. No way.
0: No way. No, I Just mean, shut I, it down.
1: Nah, I. I think it's I think I I like kind of the idea behind it in that when the show premiered it was Reese Witherspoon's baby and people were immediately wrapped up in her character and her performance. And then as the show has continued, especially with those just devastating intense Staring out at the ocean. No, the therapy sessions oh. that, that Nicole Kidman has, has gone through. Like, yeah. those scenes have elevated her, and rightfully so, into a, a, a bigger conversation surrounding Big, big Little Lies. Um, so I like that kind of idea behind it. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think you can separate Big Little Lies from Reese Witherspoon. So I think she'll get in.
0: Okay. Fair enough.
1: Bold pick, Liz. And it's not small potatoes. That's big potatoes. That's that's limited series lead actress. Unless yep. they, they could divvy him up. They could, they could probably like... fit Nicole into supporting if they wanted to.
0: Yeah, but I don't think they'd want to. Like Nicole's therapy sessions, man. Those are insane.
1: Well, I'm saying if they I agree with you, but it's it's not a it's not a choice between who's got a better chance. It's a, it's like a choice of let's see if we can get some more Emmy nods. And if you like legitimately, I don't think you can put Reese there. Like she's no, too much at the forefront. That. So that yeah. would ru- that would rub people the wrong way. Nicole, I think you would could probably get away with saying she's a supporting player.
0: Yeah, I mean, technically.
1: Though, I mean, Shailene is the lead, so. It makes it all tricky.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Yep. Why do they put, let let all these women on a show? God damn it. Yeah, why
1: aren't they? Come on, just just fall in line it here. complicates and, and there's things. a male lead, and then there's like a woman who's a support to the man, but she comes off as a lead. Like, so that's that, how it's supposed to go. Yeah. We've accepted these terms. This okay. is just, this doesn't make any sense.
0: We have to think about this. We have oh, to figure God. it out.
1: I mean, the four leads of the show are women. God. I mean, this is crazy.
0: Just put a gun to our head, HBO, to ha- get it over with. We love it. It's great. We love you, HBO. Thank yeah, you for that.
1: Never stop. You yeah. guys are our heroes.
0: Yes, um, and I mean it's <laughs> so that that's kind of that's all. A lot of that stuff is completely unfounded. We don't know what we're talking about for months. we know Speak what we're talking about, but you know who knows how ridiculous this podcast is going to sound come uh, July. What's the day?
1: Uh, Have you no, not gotten a tattoo no, mid, yet? Mid July.
0: Mid July. We don't know how really close this podcast is going to sound come mid July, but we are very excited for the upcoming months ahead and seeing how the camp campaigns unfold and seeing how the shows unfold. Like, there's a ton of shows we didn't even talk about in, t- in this discussion. Like, we we can't. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale. Better Call Saul. Lots of stuff.
1: Better Call Saul.
0: Better Call Saul. Good track record. Yeah. Michael
1: McKean, Maybe it's his year.
0: Maybe it's his year. Um, all the other Netflix shows that are happening. God, it's gonna be insane. Dear white people. Dear white people. Get ready. Yep. So, in the meantime, as we wait for all this to come hurling at us, Ben, what was the best thing you watched last week?
1: Well, it's a it's an Emmy nominated program, and we'll hopefully be again for season three. Uh, Grays and Frankie. Yay! Love Grayson and Frankie. It is just. An absolute joy to watch. I saw, I think it was Emily Nussbaum who tweeted out recently how she just had this random compulsion to watch Grace and Frankie, and she couldn't explain it because she was saying that she wasn't even that big of a fan of the show. Um, But it is, I think, no matter what, if you've watched enough of it, it will have that drive for you. At some point, you'll just be like, you know what? I could really go for some Grace and Frankie right now. And the last two seasons as they've come out, whenever I start watching them, I just kind of fall into it, and Mm -hmm. it just feels great. Yeah. So I'm I'm very much enjoying season three so far. It will be out by the time you're listening to this. Um. So enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Grace and Frankie is one where I feel like the when I first watched the first season, I felt like the rhythm of it wasn't quite working for me. But eventually, like you know, once you kind of lock into it, figure it out, like however that works in your head. Yeah. It's so pleasant and so enjoyable, and you just love them all so much.
1: All the talk around that first season was kind of figuring out how to qualify it, you know, Mm -hmm. where where it's like, is it a drama, is it a comedy, is it like a little bit of both? Like, it doesn't feel that way, but it's structured like a sitcom, and it's written by sitcom people, and it's got comedic performances, but it gets really dramatic and intense, and they're a little bit longer sometimes. And by now, that is not a concern anymore. Like, we've seen enough examples of television that do not abide by, like, genre constraints, Um, and, and more so, we've just come to understand exactly what this... Pacing is, and what this show is, and how this show feels, and that's what you keep coming back to. Um, so I'm glad to report that it hasn't changed. Yay! All right, Liz, what's the best thing you saw last week?
0: Uh, I'm allowed to talk about this because I let embargo. It is broken. Um, better call Saul. I do not know why I went with the French accent to talk about Better Call Saul. Let's just forget I ever did that. Um, also, let's forget how bad that French accent was. While we're at it, pish posh. Um, anyways, point is, Better Call Saul. Uh, speaking of shows that continue to really perform um and remain true to kind of like what they said what what they've always been like it's just it's just they they haven't they just keep making the same great show like they just don't waver they keep taking big chances but at the same time like they really just let the acting really drive the storytelling and they're not afraid of long they're not afraid of silence and they're not afraid of uh they're not afraid of mysteries. And uh, I'm still working my way through the screeners uh, in preparation for the review that should be live on IndieWire as you as you listen to this. And oh, man, it's just like Gus is coming, guys. And I cannot wait. It's going to be incredible.
1: I will stand by my statement that I don't think Giancarlo Esposito, no matter what he does at Better Call Saul, will top his performance in Dear White People. And in Dear White People, he's just the narrator. but. <laughs> I'm very excited to see it. Nonetheless, that being said, we can
0: have both. We can have both of yeah, these things. Yeah, give in me our lives. all
1: of the Giancarlo. Yeah. I mean, he's also, he's also on the get down. People, so like it's a, it's yeah. a good time to be a Giancarlo fan. April S-Zio is fame.
0: Giancarlo month, and it could. not I, well, I, I,
1: it's leftovers month, but <laughs> he can have a subset of it.
0: God Almighty!
1: He can have the days prior to April 16th.
0: April's gonna kill us. Kill you. I, mean, I was going to kill you this first. Is, this
1: is when I finally live.
0: <laughs> it would be so sad that you died just as you finally feel like you've come alive.
1: I don't think you can kill me. I'll come back.
0: <laughs> uh, that's probably true. I am Kevin. Uh, what's the next thing you're looking forward to, Ben?
1: Uh, well, it's the leftovers, obviously. We've, yeah. We've made this promise that
0: for it's the foreseeable up future. It's come once or twice.
1: That's what I'm looking forward to. I mean,
0: honestly, the fact that you didn't, you, 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 you kind of, you started doing it about three months ago, but then you let a few new shows slip in here and there, which is actually, I think, different, like, uh, improvement over the lead up to season two, where you were just, it lead up to season two was, like, I think a good solid two months straight of just nothing but looking forward to The Leftovers.
1: Yeah, I've, re- I've resolved to, to mention it every podcast. It's a requisite of our job now good um but also uh i'm very very excited for two season finales uh legion is ending this week Mm -hmm. and as is big little lies um neither of which i don't think we'll see beforehand i think we'll only see them
0: we are going to get legion
1: oh that's exciting uh, because we're doing
0: because we're doing there are all these conference calls
1: yeah but they're before it
0: but we're getting the we're getting the episode so we can talk about
1: well this is some inside baseball but
0: yeah we'll this is see. this is it point is we're, we're excited, I'm excited for, certain for the legion
1: finale which will air on uh, wednesday and then big little lies will air sunday um both of them have had tremendous outstanding first seasons and obviously for big little lies last seasons mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah I, I can't wait to see them They're they're gonna be i i think it's safe to say that other than people who read the book and know the comics whatever Otherwise, you can't really predict how these are going to unfold. And I'm that's excited. Going to be fun.
0: I'm excited to know. Like, but not in. And I. But I. Let, what's great about the show is that I'm excited to know what, ha, who, what happened, who done it. But at the same time, like I've enjoyed the ride enough that I haven't. Like, it's not like you know, watching a lot of shows where you're just like, tell me what happened.
1: Yeah, the mystery has been well teased and most importantly they don't make that the sole focus of the oh show. yeah
0: there's so um, much to the show the
1: show is is about much more than that and, and definitely more uh, focused on other things mm-hmm. uh, and with legion what i like about it is that holly is an advocate of of ending things um so i think we're going to see a resolution to the arc that's been happening this season uh at the end of season one even though we know it's been picked up for season two so this show will continue I think we're still going to get some very solid closure come the end of the season. And that's something to be incredibly excited about when you're watching television, because usually it just feels like it never ends. uh, Liz, next thing?
0: Next thing. I have seen already six episodes of this, but I can talk about it now because the embargo's up. And I'm very much looking forward, sort of, to finishing uh, the full first season of 13 Reasons Why. Um, this is a show that is going to be really hard for a lot of people to watch. It is, I think, in part designed that way, but it's, uh, the, this upcoming Netflix show that technically I I started watching just kind of like to figure out what it was, um, because we were preparing for a potential press day. And... Boy, I'm glad I didn't have plans that afternoon because uh, I needed to watch all six episodes right away, it turned out, um, because I got super sucked into it. It's a story about, it's based on a young adult novel about a young woman, a, a teenage girl who kills herself, and kind of the aftermath of that um, as her you know, friends and family kind of cope with it is seen through. There's a lot of playing with flashback structure and uh, a lot of really interesting narrative devices in play and uh the pilot and at least a couple more episodes were directed by todd mccarthy who you know tom tom oh, i keep doing that doesn't matter he no does. it kind he's of does
1: cool. he's cool with it
0: tom yeah your, your buddy tom
1: well sure
0: i mean he made, he made a movie in boston so technically you guys are friends
1: he is i mean well uh, let's not get into it
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah tom mccarthy uh oh, thank you for that uh Tom McCarthy, uh, who directed Spotlight and uh, is also has a number of really interesting credits. Uh, but
1: <laughs> there was this great story when, uh, I actually, you read this because you graciously edited my piece. But um, Melanie Linsky did a talk at oh. South by Southwest. yeah, And she was on the, she worked on Tom McCarthy's movie Win-Win. Mm-hmm. And apparently during that production, she was talking about how uh, he noticed that people kept coming up to her and talking to her and and getting autographs or taking pictures, and he didn't understand why. Like, he knew that she was an actress, and she wasn't, like, a a nobody. She'd done some great stuff, but, you know, she was getting more attention than a lot of other, you know, comparably well-known actresses uh, or actors on the set. So he went over to somebody, and he asked him, he's like, so why are people people talking to Melanie Linsky? And he goes, oh, well, because of the Two and a Half Men. And McCarthy goes, what?! because he had no idea she was on Two and a Half Men. And as Linsky told the story, she thought she was going to get fired. Like, he called her over to talk to her, and she thought she was in trouble for being on this sitcom and then, you know, sneaking into this indie film that's, you know, very much not like Two and a Half Men. Um, but he was fine with it. He was very cool and nice, and everything was good. But his reaction to her being on that show delighted me to no ends.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. So
1: um. for that alone, I will be watching 13 Reasons Why. Wow. Well, not not... I don't not want to watch it. I'm just saying, like that's good enough reasons. Like McCarthy, okay,
0: got it. Good. Yeah, seems like a good bloke. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to finishing the season. It it's 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 a tough topic. It's heartbreaking in many respects. Like they, especially if you've re- if you've read the book, know that they've expanded it out a lot more. Um, more, most especially the parents of the girl in question, uh, are played by I, I don't I forget the name of the actor playing the father, but. Um, Kate Walsh plays her mother and Kate Walsh is just devastating and talk about Emmy predictions uh you know I would be shocked if she wasn't at least in the conversation for best supporting actress um though I don't know if they would, I don't know if they plan that one as a limited series or as a as a regular I don't know it's no not, idea it's not like exactly a narrative that feels like it's built for seasons and seasons
1: we'll find out
0: yeah indeed Um, And you will find out more all about this at IndieWire.com, where you can find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like.
1: And make sure to listen to all of IndieWire's other podcasts, including Screen Talk with Eric Cohen and Ann Thompson, Filmmaker Toolkit with our own Chris O'Fault, and the wonderful Turn It On podcast from Michael Schneider, where he gives you everything you need to know about that week of TV, uh, including interviews with showrunners and uh, reviews, general discussion, everything you can think of. TV, TV, TV.
0: <laughs> Indeed. And you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers.
1: You can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlit, that's with an I, and then an E.
0: Correct. We will be back next week. And as always, in the meantime, you guys, keep watching television.